Our scripture today is Isaiah 40, verses 21 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is God who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. God who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in. God who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. God who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name, because this one is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 40. If you have read Isaiah 40 recently, then you know that it begins, Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. I can't just read these words. They begin music in my mind. Handel's Messiah, the hymn we sing every Advent. I've needed these words. I needed to sing them, needed to let them wash over me. These days are so full of grief, our corporate grief, as so many die of this disease, our grief for the lives we were living, our grief for the way things were. And then personal griefs. Nick's grandmother died, as you know, and my friend Howard died. Howard and I went to high school together. He was the father of a little girl, just a little older than Grayson is. And now her father is dead. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Comfort. 
The Hebrew word translated as comfort is a pretty common word in the First Testament. In the contexts where it's used, it tends to mean to strengthen, to encourage, to instill a sense of security. Now, all of these are comforting, but this is an active sort of comfort. Our English word comfort comes from a combination of two Latin words, the Latin words for with and strength. Comfort with strength. God is saying, comfort my people, strengthen and encourage my people. In the middle of their, in the middle of their suffering, give them courage. Speak tenderly to them. Speak to their hearts. Let them know that I am with them. As we keep reading Isaiah 40, words of comfort and strength move to promises. A voice cries out in the wilderness, we read. Words that are so familiar to us that come to us every Advent. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. The people need comfort. They need strength. They need promises that the way things are is not the way that they will be. The people have been exiled from their homeland. And so this is not just a call for comfort but also a call for a desert highway to be built for their return home. This highway in the desert is not a metaphor in Isaiah. This is the promise of a literal path home through the desert. It's a vision, a dream of every valley being lifted up and every mountain and hill made low, of the uneven ground becoming level and the rough places smooth. And when it's not, when the way is rocky and the hills are steep, that as Thelma Jean read this morning from Isaiah, that God does not faint or grow weary, even though we do. God's understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These are the promises to a people exiled in Babylon who will need to walk home, literally, through the desert. We've not been exiled to Babylon but many of us have been exiled in our own homes. If you are like me, then you, like our spiritual ancestors, are struggling to imagine what the future will be like, how we might return. Some days, my strength is all but gone, and I grow weary. Some days, the magnitude of the deaths and the many other losses of this soon-to-be year of global pandemic seem to be more than I can bear. I weep. I need comfort. I need strength. Womanist theologian Elaine Brown Crawford in her book Holler, A Womanist Theology of Hope, 
discusses the resilient hope of African-American slave women to persist in the midst of abuse and oppression. She describes the holler as a primal cry to God, a primal cry to God to come and see about them. The holler was an appeal to God to comfort them and provide solace in the darkness of spiritual and physical exile. Crawford says the call to God is an embodiment of hope and that hope is the bridge between liberation and oppression. She says the hope of Isaiah functions similarly. Isaiah begins in the midst of a holler. There's no need to cry, comfort, comfort my people, if Jerusalem was not upset or in distress or in need of comforting. The people have been exiled. They've experienced Babylonian captivity, economic devastation, and an end to life as they knew it. She argues from the perspective of a womanist that the hope of Isaiah, the word being offered here, is based on imagination. The people are invited to hope based not on their current experiences, but on the possibilities for the future. A future they must imagine and then work for. As I've thought about Crawford's words and Isaiah's words, I keep coming back to a book I just bought, and I want to share it with you. Moses. When Harriet Tubman led her people to freedom, by Carol Boston Weatherford, illustrated by Kadir Nelson. On a summer night, Harriet gazes at the sky and talks with God. I am your child board, yet master owns me, drives me like a mule. Now he means to sell me south in chains to work cotton, rice, indigo, or sugarcane never to see my family again. God speaks in a whippoorwill song. I set the North Star in the heavens and I mean for you to be free. Harriet sees the star twinkling. My mind is made up, tomorrow I flee. God wraps her in the blanket of night and she returns to the cabin, sleeps beside her husband one last time. The next day, Harriet tells not a soul her plans. She grips the axe to chop wood, breathes deeply and murmurs, Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you. And God whispers back in the breeze, I'm going to see you through, child. At dusk, Harriet chants, when that old chariot comes, I'm going to leave you. She hopes her loved ones hear her song and know it means farewell. While the plantation sleeps, Harriet prays, Lord, send me a sign. Owl screeches, the hour has come. Harriet slips into the night. Running through the swamp, she hears frogs croaking and her own heart pounding. Lord, I can't make it alone. In the moon's reflection on the creek, she sees God's face. Harriet, you dreamed that saints saved you, but mortals will give you refuge. 
The woman in the wagon who always spoke kindly to me? Yes, Harriet. I must go to her. The woman points Harriet to safe havens, hiding places for runaways, and Harriet steals away into darkness. She creeps through the woods, her heart flutters, hush, hoofbeats. Please, Lord, don't let them catch me and take me back to face master's whip. Don't let my journey end here. In the underbrush, Harriet sinks into a deep sleep. God cradles her. When she wakes, the men on horseback have passed and day breaks. Thank you, Lord, for watching over me. In a clearing, the safe haven, Harriet knows that most strangers would turn her in, not help her. But the farmer's wife feeds Harriet, then tells her to sweep the yard. I don't know who to trust, Lord. Search for my face in theirs and for my hands in their work. What have you in your hands? In a dust cloud, she sees the broom become a staff and a rifle. Harriet startles but holds on. I will arm you against your enemies, but you will not harm a soul, and no harm will come to you. The dust settles and she stops sweeping and all is as it was. At nightfall, Harriet climbs into a wagon and the farmer covers her with blankets. As the wagon wobbles along, Harriet worries that it is heading to jail. Should I leap, Lord? Trust me to protect you, child. A heart song lulls her to sleep. Swing low, sweet chariot. The wagon stops at dawn. Harriet walks till her legs ache. Then she leans against a tree. Lord, I miss my folks. Harriet, your father taught you to read the stars, predict the weather, gather wild berries, and make cures from roots. Use his lessons to be free. You will meet again. A mosquito buzzes in Harriet's ear. She rises and moves on. The boatman rows her up river. Back on shore, hounds snarl, sniff for Harriet's trail. She races as fast as she can. Lord, I can't outrun them. God speaks through the babbling brook. Shed your shoes, wade in the water to trick the dogs. Upstream, the barking ceases and fear washes away. Thank you, Lord. Harriet's feet bleed and her guts churn. Under the stars, she draws near to God. Lord, don't let nobody turn me around. I'd rather die than be a slave. Harriet, keep going. You have already glimpsed the future. She recalls dreams where she flew like a bird, sank and was lifted by ladies in white who pulled her north. Fly, Harriet, your faith has wings. Up ahead, she hears word that patrollers are nabbing runaways and crouches for days in a potato hole, dreams she's buried alive. Have you deserted me, Lord? Harriet, when you were a girl, you hid in a pig pen to shun the whip. You fought hogs for table scraps, almost starved before you faced the lash. I'm with you now as I was then. An old prayer comes back to her. 
Lord, make me strong. Help me fight. After seven days, Harriet rises from that hole like a sapling reaches for the sun as if to touch God's hand. By moonlight, she marches on, making her way mile after rugged mile, hiding in haystacks, attics, and barns, holding God's hand all the while. She often wearies. How far, Lord? As far as you can walk with me, my child, and I can carry you. When Harriet is about to drop, a couple in a wagon ride by. They say slavery is a sin and they take her on the last leg of her journey. Not far now, child, not far now. In the promised land, Philadelphia, the sun shines gold in the trees and Harriet feels light as a cloud. She studies herself from head to toe to see if she has wings. Is this heaven, Lord? Not heaven, Harriet. Free soil. But freedom brings new woes. Lord, I am a stranger here. All my kin are down south. Would you like to see them? As Harriet dusts, her family's faces appear in the wood grain. She wipes a tear from the table. I would make a home for them here. I would give my own life to free them. Then go back for them, daughter, but first go to my house to prepare for the journey. And Harriet goes to church, finds not just holy ground, but a stopping place, a station along the underground railroad that slaves travel to freedom. Harriet hands out shirts and shoes, serves butter beans and biscuits to newly arrived runaways, while agents who plot escape paths pass on secret routes that she learns by heart. Finally, a conductor, a guide, she turns to God. I'm ready, Lord, lead me. Harriet, I will make a way for you. Risking her own life, Harriet returns to the dreaded South and rescues her family, but she dreams of slaves still in the yoke. She hears their groans, sees their tears, tosses and turns in her sleep. Then God opens her eyes. Harriet, be the Moses of your people. But I am only a woman, Lord. Harriet, I have blessed you with a strong body, a clever mind. You heal the sick and see the future. Use your gifts to break the chains. I will do as you say, Lord. I will show others the way to freedom as you have shown me. Save all you can, daughter. And Harriet heeds God's call, goes south again and again, keeps her bands of runaways moving, comes storms and rough country, clear to Canada, Canaan land. And when free souls sing her praises, she gives glory where it's due. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. I always trust God to lead me, and God always does. Well done, Moses. Well done. The people exiled in Babylon face a long walk home.
They will need comfort. They will need not just kind words, but strength and courage. The slaves Harriet Tubman led to freedom walked and walked. Promises kept them on the feet on their feet. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make the paths straight. Weary to the bone, they kept walking. They held tight to the promises offered here in Isaiah. God does not grow weary. God does not faint. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Isaiah's theology may not exactly match mine. And I certainly haven't heard God as clearly as Carol Boston Weatherford imagines Harriet Tubman hearing God. And these stories, these stories have deep and lasting truths. Truths about divine presence, divine love that is with us every step of the way. Truths about strength and courage when we are weary and tired. Truths about a calling to and for liberation. Harriet reaches freedom and finds there's more to do, that she must go back and help to free others. Those who return to Jerusalem find there is more to do. The city is in ruins. They must rebuild. There are new roads to walk, more work for liberation to be done. Our paths are leading where we cannot even begin to know. Let us imagine the future as one of liberation and freedom for everyone, and then let us do the work. There are paths we need to walk. There's divine strength that we need to keep going. These days are full of death, full of despair, and we cry out to God. And God reminds us that they're full of hope, too. Hope that bridges liberation and oppression. Hope that the way things are is not the way they will continue to be. There is freedom work to do. The road is long. And we must keep walking, keep working. Comfort. Comfort, oh my people. Pray for peace, for strength, for courage. Listen as Isaiah did, as Harriet did for the voice of God. And keep walking. Keep working for liberation. Keep going. Amen.